Hello and welcome to the Allegro podcast, the podcast where you will be able to hear from your favorite runners around the world. For today's episode, I will be talking to EJ Holland. EJ is an elite high school distance runner. He has run some really fast times, such as an 8.52 mile and a 3.46.1500. He is signed with the University of Oregon and will be running with the Ducks in the fall. Hope you enjoy. Allegro. Allegro. Hey, EJ, thanks a lot for joining me on today's episode of the Allegro podcast. For everyone listening, can you please introduce yourself and talk about how you got into running? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm pretty excited to do this. This is my first podcast. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so my name is EJ Holland. Um, I'm a distance runner um, from Oregon, and uh, I'm going to University of Oregon next year. and yeah, I got into running um, at a pretty young age. Uh, I would go and do local 5Ks and with my mom and, uh, and my dad was um, a uh, marathoner um, back in the day. So I had, uh, you know, a little bit of genes there. Um, but uh, yeah, so he was running all the time um, when I was growing up. And, and so I kind of had him to look up to. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I started out just doing 5Ks, just local things for fun, um, and slowly got more and more into it. Um, when uh, we moved out to Oregon in sixth grade, I, I originally grew up um, in Chicago. Uh, I was born and raised in Chicago, and uh, we moved out to um, Oregon in sixth grade, and I you know got more and more into running. I had some friends there on a cross-country team, and I was like, hey you know, maybe I want to do this for real. And, uh, slowly, you know, the kind of desire to run and, and the motivation, uh, slowly climbed. Um, and yeah, just kind of here I am today, uh, and love running and, and couldn't imagine, uh, being without it. Awesome. Yeah. So you said that you started running those five Ks in Chicago when you lived there before Oregon, how, how, how was the running scene like in Chicago? Yeah, you know, um, I was pretty little, uh, I was pretty young, but, um, it was mostly just, like I said, local things, uh, little like fundraiser 5Ks and, and, um, occasionally, you know, one or two, um, like, uh, elementary school and middle school, um, you know, events where you, maybe you go and run a lap and, you know, uh, play some games and run another lap and fundraiser, things like that. Uh, nothing serious. Um, uh, but yeah, when I, when I, um, came out to Oregon, um, I didn't really have a desire, um, to compete um, at, at a high level or anything, uh, really in any sport. Uh, I wasn't very athletic when I was little. I, um, pretty much, uh, was a bench warmer for any sport I did. Um, and, you know, I had a dream of being a professional athlete in anything really, but I didn't really see that becoming, um, you know, any kind of reality, uh, just because I, I wasn't, gifted at all, um, in anything. And, uh, it really wasn't, um, like I said, till I moved out to Oregon, 
Um, and I had some friends who were on the, on the cross country team, um, and really, really got me into running. I had actually, uh, one of my, uh, two of my best friends, um, to date are, uh, were the two guys that kind of got me into it. Um, their dad was an assistant coach, um, and also coached, coached the club team, um, in Ashland. And, uh, they kind of, uh, I would hang out with them and they got me more excited and their dad said, Hey, you should come do club. And I was like, Oh, cool. I sure, you know, I'll do it. And, uh, and yeah, I just kind of got more and more involved, I guess, you know, and, and had a lot of people surrounding me that, uh, were all runners and, and, uh, in Ashland actually where, where I live, uh, there's a really big, uh, strong ultra running community. Um, and there's a lot of pros, um, that live here and train here. Um, just because it has some great trails and, and, uh, great training for ultra. So, um, I came here and was immediately surrounded with, uh, such a great environment for running that, uh, yeah, I just, I kind of fell in love with it just because everyone was so enthusiastic about it around me. Yeah, that I want to get into that later, a bit later about the uh, the running community that you have in Oregon. But real quick, I'm just curious: when you were doing these sports other than running, uh, in middle school and elementary school, out of your teammates or the people that you were playing against, were you typically the fast one on the tennis court, basketball court, uh, soccer field, whatever sports, or, or did you not discover uh your running talent? uh, through these sports, but you discovered it in other ways, like running your five Ks. Yeah. You know, um, it really was just the opposite. I, I was slow. I was kind of chubby. Uh, I, you know, I have pictures of me when I was in elementary school and stuff and I'm this little kind of, uh, round faced, uh, kid who, uh, has still a little bit too much baby fat on him. Um, and yeah, I was, I was the last person you expect to become a, a runner of, of any level, really. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I was not the fast one. I was always, um, you know, back of the pack in everything. I, my first cross country race actually for my elementary school or middle school, sorry, for my, when I was sixth grade, um, my first, uh, cross country race, uh, back in Chicago before we moved here, uh, I got last place, uh, last race. Yeah. Yeah. Last place. And it, it was bad. It was really bad. My dad, it was a, it was a, like, um, the first one, the first like opening cross country race was, um, it was like a family race as well. So your parents could also, and if you had like older brothers and sisters or whatever, they could also join in. Um, and my dad ran and he won and he was almost 10 minutes ahead of me. And this was only a two mile cross country race. And he was almost 10 minutes ahead of me. Um, and yeah, I was last. Uh, so I, uh, it, it definitely wasn't a smooth beginning or anything. And yeah, it, it really, I didn't, I didn't find any kind of, um, I didn't find any joy in running. I thought it was terrible. I, many times I would go out and I, I would come back, you know, crying and saying, I hate this. I hate this. I don't want to do this. Um, uh, and like I said, it really wasn't until I moved to Ashland that, uh, that kind of desire. And, um, I found, you know, the, the fun of running, um, really come to life here, uh, in Oregon. All right. So from when you started, uh, running, uh, seriously 
to now, what do you consider your favorite workout? Oh, that, I mean, that's a tough one, honestly. Um, I, I do so many different types of workouts and, uh, my dad who, uh, has been my coach all through middle school and high school. Uh, once I did start getting into serious running, uh, around eighth grade, um, he, he's put together so many different, um, workouts, you know, uh, hard, easy, everything in between. Um, and he's really kind of sculpted my training plan and something that he really stresses is trying to keep, um, you know, running fun and keep it, uh, the workout schedule really diverse, um, not getting locked into one certain workout that is like your go-to or whatever. And, and certainly we have those workouts that are benchmarking and we do a lot of times, but we always try to, um, mix in different types of, uh, fun workouts that are kind of out of the ordinary or something that just kind of mixes things up. Um, but as far as my favorite workout, uh, I mean, Man, I I, I would ha- probably have to go with uh a some kind of track workout. Um, and something about me uh personally is that I love track workouts. I love them. Uh, I love uh running fast. I love running hard. Um, and so track workouts uh, have a you know a are pretty close um, to me in my heart and uh, and I love doing them. Um, off seasons are pretty hard for me because uh, I got to go, you know, like two months without doing a track workout and that's pretty, pretty tough for me. But uh, I would have to say my favorite workout um, is a workout that I've done since I was in eighth grade and uh, it's a 600, 300 workout. Um, 600 meter, 300 meter, uh, interval workout, um, where you have 600 meters, uh, then a two minute rest followed by a 300 meters with, uh, then two minute rest. Uh, and you repeat that four times. And then at the very end, you have an all out 400. Um, and yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough workout. Um, it's really fun. Uh, though I, I like it. Um, but I have, I finished, laying down on the track, you know, just, uh, feeling like I'm going to die at the end. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a fun one. And whenever, um, you know, on the schedule, there's, there's a 600, 300 workout, uh, out there on the schedule and, and, um, I see it, my teammates see it. I usually am pretty happy. My teammates, not so much. They, they usually like to groan and moan when, whenever they see that workout. But, uh, I, I think it's pretty fun. So when do you typically do those sort of workouts, like getting ready for a big race or just throughout the season? Yeah, you know, uh, the 600-300 workout, the great thing about it um, is it's a it's a benchmark workout for me. So I um, use it to kind of uh, predict how I'm going to uh, perform, specifically uh, in a 3K. It works really well as a 3K predictor. Um, and my dad and I, we've kept uh, data on it for a number of years. Um, and so we're able to look back and look at my progression and see, Hey, look, I, um, I was able to do these times this time last year. So I should be able to beat these times by, you know, uh, a second or two on each interval, uh, this year. And so we're able to use it, um, in kind of a, you know, a little bit of a scientific way to, to help predict, uh, how fast I'm gonna be able to run, um, a three K. 
Uh, and since I usually open up with the 3K uh, at the beginning of the season, it's really helpful to know uh, kind of what kind of shape I'm in uh, coming in, into that. Um, but yeah, I usually do it uh, two to three weeks before a big race. Um, I, I generally um, use it, you know, during kind of spring break time. Uh, I, I, my family and I, we have a tradition of going up to uh, Flagstaff um, for spring break. And so I can get some altitude and stuff. And I usually uh, do this workout there and am able to uh, then predict how I'm going to perform at my next, you know, kind of big season open race, like, uh, like Arcadia, for example. Yeah. So you said that, uh, you like gathering data for your workouts. And I remember somewhere I heard you saying that you like to track your mileage and you even Mm -hmm. like mentioned an average for like your past few weeks of running. So why do you think, uh, like, why do you choose to track these things? And do you think it helps you? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think it's, it's, uh, hugely beneficial, um, for any athlete of any level to, um, kind of track their mileage, keep track of, uh, key times, you know, and workouts. Um, and it just helps. It helps with, uh, knowing, are you going in the right direction? Are you getting faster, you know, through your workouts? Are you progressing year over year or are you plateauing or are you going the opposite direction? The direction no athlete wants to go, uh, down, which is, you know, down, going, uh, uh, backwards. And, and so no athlete wants to do that. Uh, you know, whether you're, um, a world champion or just someone out, uh, just trying to enjoy getting outside and, and feeling fit and getting ready for your first 5k, you know, um, everyone wants to, to constantly get better. So, uh, tracking mileage and tracking, uh, workouts has been really, really beneficial to me. Um, as well as, uh, you know, some of my teammates who also do that um, and are able to kind of keep a log and, and keep a training log. So, yeah, I would say a- anyone, anyone who uh, wants to get better, track your mileage, keep a training log. Um, it, it, it really does help. It helps um, with really any every aspect of, of running, I, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm a big proponent of training logs and tracking stuff to to a certain extent but yeah i definitely yeah. agree that training logs definitely help yeah no for sure i i um i i use an online training log and i know a lot of people like uh to have kind of written ones uh but i use a, a like google sheets for example that way um you know my different coaches can all can all see um who is, uh, doing what. And, uh, I can also kind of see what my teammates are doing too. Like if, um, you know, one of my teammates, uh, says that, you know, he went and did, uh, 12 miles the day before. Well, I'm not going to go ask him to, uh, come do 15 with me the next day. Uh, so it kind of helps like that and keeps everyone kind of on track and, and on the same page. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself looking back at maybe your freshman year workouts or your freshman year, just like mileage, uh, like especially in times like these where you may or may not have more time to do that sort of stuff. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I do, uh, I do look back, uh, every once in a while and check out my freshman, sophomore, uh, you know, mileage and times. And it's, it's pretty entertaining, really. Uh, I, I like doing it because, um, shows kind of, uh, how erratic I was in my training. Uh, every once in a while I, I get anxious, you know, and, and bored and, and I just go and like hammer some 200 or something, uh, in the middle of the winter and my why did I do that? What, what was the purpose of that? But, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's, so I, I don't do indoor track. So, uh, the winter is like by far the hardest, uh, season for me because, um, I don't have races. It's cold and I have to start getting ready for track, which is, you know, a big deal for me more so than cross country. Um, I, I, I really enjoy, um, track races and, and, uh, I love running fast. I love, uh, middle distance. So, um, you know, you definitely, it's hard to stay motivated and it's hard to kind of keep on the right track, uh, and not doing exactly, like I said, when I was a freshman, sophomore or whatever, and hammering 200s in the middle of December. But, uh, yeah, it, it is fun. It, I, I do like going back and, and also seeing, um, how ridiculously low mileage I was. I, I, I have this view sometimes that I've always run, you know, 50 plus miles a week, which just wasn't true. I mean, in, you know, the off season, even in the in season for, during my freshman year, I wasn't going above 35 miles a week. And most of them were 25 to 30 miles a week. Um, so it it is something that uh, always surprises me. Every time I look back uh, at those logs, like, wow, I was not hardly running at all. <laughs> Wow, that that's really interesting. So uh, that was actually my next question, uh, like talking about mileage and your progression mm-hmm. uh, of your mileage throughout high school. So how did you go about that? Did you progress little by little, just trying to stay consistent? Or did you make a big jump uh, from your freshman to sophomore year? Yeah, um, it, it's definitely been a progression. You know, it's definitely been, uh, there's been no big steep, uh, jumps. Um, it's all been, uh, pretty, pretty consistent, uh, stepping up, uh, every season. But my, my dad, he, uh, he usually tries to go five mile per week, um, increase, uh, average. So five mile per week, um, increase, uh, for the average, um, miles per week run, uh, every season. So if I'm running 25 miles per week, uh, my freshman year of cross country, then I'm doing 35, 30 miles a week, my freshman year, uh, track 35, 40, 45, etc. Um, and there've been some fluctuation in that. Um, I've stayed consistent through a whole year before at, I think my junior year, I was basically holding it about 45 to 50, not really going, uh, making that kind of step up. Um, uh, but then I've also had bigger jumps where my sophomore year to junior year, I kind of jumped from, uh, 35, 30 to 35, all the way up to 45 to 50. Um, just a- as I felt like, man, I'm ready for kind of the, you know, the next level and the big jump, uh, up to those higher mileage. Awesome. Yeah. So do you think that consistency in your mileage and that slow buildup um, really helped with your progression overall as a, uh, as a runner throughout these high school years? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think that um, it, it would be 
completely false to say that um, the best way to get better and, and to progress through is to make big jumps. You know, if you're only running 40 miles a week, don't try and run 70, uh, you know, the next season. All that's going to happen is your body's going to break down, you're going to injured, you're going to run slower. Um, being able to have that consistent progression with, um, you know, the uh, – it just, it just allows your body to, to handle that. And, um, you know, consistent progression in mileage as well as, you know, slowly making workouts harder, slowly making, um, you know, workouts longer, long runs, longer, long runs, faster, those kind of things. Um, it, it, it definitely is, is the way to go in my opinion. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. It's just important to progress. Uh, slowly and be consistent. I don't know if you uh, follow Tin Man Elite, but they have a saying, keep the ball rolling. And I think that really yeah. uh, that really just em- emphasizes that point. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, it is true. You just got to keep the ball rolling. It's, it's that consistency. Um, and, you know, no one gets good um, with uh, one workout and no one, you know, uh, loses all of fitness with, uh, with one, you know, one bad workout. I, I did see, I saw something online. I can't remember where, but, um, it said, you know, one workout won't make or break you. And that is very true. You know, it's, it's that consistency. It's keeping that ball rolling. And, um, you know, it's, it really is not, your progression should not be a mountain. It should not be Mount Everest. It should be a slow incline and going over, you know, it should start at a hill, start at a molehill and slowly climb up to that, uh, that height that you want to reach. Um, starting way too high is just going to result in injury. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. So now just to change the topic a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, what's your favorite place to run in Oregon? Oh, um, I mean, there's so many great places to run in Oregon. Um, you know, here in my hometown, Ashland, there's just hundreds of miles of single track trails in, in the, uh, hills and, and there's some really great roads. There's a road route that I have, um, that is, uh, what my team calls, uh, the Holy Grail, uh, which is, um, it really is the holy grail of all runs in Ashland. It's great. Uh, you can go, it's like a tour of Ashland. You go all the way, um, you basically, uh, circle all the way around the town, uh, on, on some, uh, on these roads that are, you know, up and down and rolling hills and steep climbs and, and fun, uh, descents all the way down into town. Um, it's really fun. It's, it's really hard. Um, but that one is, is really really nice but you know i'm going to university of oregon next year and i gotta say i love eugene running eugene running is is just a whole nother level of awesome uh you know you have pre's trail which i feel like you know almost every runner knows about you know the legendary miles and miles of soft surface uh trails around eugene um uh named after you know this uh, famous steve prefontaine as well as um the lesser known Amazon and Rexius trails, which again are, are these dead flat soft surface, uh, mulch, uh, slash bark trip, um, bark chip trails, uh, that are just so much fun and, and just so easy to run on. You know, you feel like you're just running on clouds and, and, uh, so I, I gotta say those, the, they're just the most amazing places to run and they really, 
you feel like when you get done, you've not even run. Uh, you feel like, oh wow, I could go do that again, no problem. You know, they're just it's so easy. Yeah, uh, I've never been to that the northwest part of the country, but mm-hmm. based on what I've seen, YouTube videos, pictures, Eugene running seems really cool. And along with that, uh, the track in the woods uh, at the yeah. World headquarters that that's also seems really cool. And uh, I saw a picture recently of this beach called cannon beach and i don't even know if it like it it just seems like a really cool place i don't know about running but i just i'd really like to go there but yeah long run there would be cool too yeah so i i've had the um the i've been fortunate enough to have um the chance to uh run at the michael johnson track at the world um nike world headquarters a uh, number of times uh for border clash um for nike border clash at uh nike cross nationals and at uh elite camp um so uh, that place is is super cool it's just as cool as it as it looks in the pictures um uh, and you know it's it's so awesome to run around it it, it you feel like uh man i you know you get like all excited while running around it um and yeah, you know, the Oregon coast is super cool. Uh, it's, it's really unique. It's not anything like the California coast and it's nothing like the Washington coast. It's really unique and, and the dunes and everything are super fun on it. Uh, I actually went out there, um, just a couple months ago with a friend who took a, uh, went a little road trip up Eugene and then over to the coast. Uh, and we found, um, some sand dunes just behind a Fred Meyer and, you know, we're exploring those and having a great old time. So yeah, the, it, it's, uh, Oregon's a pretty special place for sure for running and just for getting outdoors and, and having fun. Yeah. So when people think of running, they, uh, a lot of times people think of, uh, Oregon whether like most likely because of Eugene or Beaverton because of uh, Prefontaine maybe Hayward Field or just mm-hmm. the number of world-class athletes that have come out of the University of Oregon so how much of this running culture do you see in Ashland where you live? Yeah you know um, it's in that, like you said, the state of Oregon really uh, is such a mecca uh, uh, for running, um, and Ashland is no exception to that. Um, it's certainly not, you know, f- people coming out of here that are running, you know, three fifty miles or uh, you know, blazing eight hundreds and five Ks. Um, in Ashland, it's really more the hub of uh, Oregon um, ultra running. Uh, ultra running here is, you know. A huge thing. Uh, I mean, it feels like every third person I meet in Ashland, they say, oh, yeah, I've done X amount of 100 milers. And I'm like, wow, you know, I run one one hundredth of that. And that's kind of that's kind of what I like to do. But, uh, you know, respect. Uh, And yeah, there's a local running store. Um, here called Rogue Valley Runners. Um, that is awesome. They're they're great. A uh, little plug for them. But uh, uh, their owner uh, Hal. I mean, he was one of the best ultra runners uh, in the world at his prime. Um, and they've had numerous employees and uh, people come out of that. You know, around the Rogue Valley and and who have worked at that store that uh, have gone on to be sponsored athletes and by Nike and Hoka and. Uh, everything, you know, for running these, you know, 50 K's and 50 milers and hundred milers, uh, that I will gladly say I'm never going to do, but, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, really? you know, they can, they can have at it and, and it's, it's super cool though. It's great. 
running on the trails and you see it, you know, a, uh, a semi-pro or professional runner uh, run past you, you know, some blazing pace going downhill. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So you never think that you're going to become part of the ultra running community after your track and uh, maybe your marathon career? Oh, man, I, I, I'm going to say no for at least right now. You know, I guess never say never, but, uh, you know, it's just not it, – it, I don't think it's for me. Uh, I, I love running. Like I said, I love running fast. I love running hard, uh, being out there for, you know, like 24 hours does not seem, uh, like something for me, you know, uh, the long run, I love long runs, but I like them when they're hard, you know, at, at 545, 550 pace is kind of like my sweet spot, you know, for long runs and going out and slogging out 50 miles or hundred miles at eight minute pace doesn't seem like, uh, like too much fun to me. It just seems like torture. <laughs> yeah. So, um, again, shifting the topic, uh, I just want to talk about the mental, the mental side of running and like your mentality. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about during races, whether it's a big race, whether it's a dual meet or just any race, what do you think about when you're running? Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I get to ask this question a lot. Um, the, the psychological side, the mental side of running is, is huge, right? You know, it's, uh, some people argue that, you know, it's, it's well over, uh, you know, uh, half and up to like 80 or 90 percent of of running right uh is all mental and um it's uh it, it's never an easy question to to answer like what do you think about when you're running a big race what do you think about when you're doing intervals what do you think about when you're doing a long run and honestly it's uh like i said it's it's a hard question to answer because a lot of the time I, I can't remember what I was thinking about in a race, you know, it, it's, uh, it's kind of that focus and that when you get in the zone, um, all you're thinking about is the race, you know, at least for me, I, I think about the race. I think about what do I need to do tactically? What, how, how is my body feeling? Um, is my, am I overstriding? Am I, you know, in a good position, uh, in the pack? Do I need to move out into lane three to get around some people so I can reposition for the bell lap? Do I, um, you know, when, when am I supposed to make my move? What's my race plan coming in? How can, how am I going to, you know, execute that? Or do I need to, um, do I need to adapt that rather, uh, because of the race situations just aren't going the way that I thought they would, um, as someone who is, you know, a middle distance runner, um, a lot of, uh, my races is tactical and a lot of, um, the preparation for that race, uh, on the, on the psychological side, isn't so much, Oh my goodness, I have to, you know, grind this out. It's going to be so difficult, you know, running one mile, even if it's fast, it's only one mile. It's, it's not going to, you know, kill me or anything. And, uh, it's rather, you know, how can I come out with, uh, with a win in from this race? Um, and trying to prepare all the different, um, strategies in my head and talking with my dad and, uh, you know, in my coach and, and saying, uh, you know, if the race goes, like this, what, what am I going to, you know, respond? If it goes out slow, how am I, how am I going to respond? If it goes out blazing fast, what am I going to, what am I going to do? Because ultimately at the end of the day, 
doesn't matter if you're the world record holder in my life. You can't win a race. You can't win a race. And I think that um, I'm a really big, uh, you know, proponent of saying winning comes first. You know, times will come with winning. Um, so a lot of what I think during the race is associated with that saying, what is the best uh, thing I can do right now in this race to be able to win it? Uh, you know, in 600 or 800 meters or, you know, a thousand meters, whatever. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, it, it's a lot of, of in the moment thinking and also planning ahead for the next two minutes of the race or next minute of the race, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And yeah, I, I, I definitely find myself doing something similar and just focusing on the moment, like you said, and yeah, that, that's just definitely great advice uh do you ever find yourself watching um a lot of race videos of professional athletes like i know what i do is i getting ready for races i really like watching past races for example like matthew centrowitz's olympic Mm -hmm. win or Mm -hmm. just uh usa um championship uh 1500 or a 5k i just really like watching those races to get ready. Do you ever do that to get ready and maybe plan for the tactics? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I I watch races all the time. You know, when I'm getting ready for races, or you know, I'm just in season and I'm my mind is you know all around uh, track and field. Uh, I like to watch um, a lot of different races from you know 800 all the way up to 10k. Uh, I. I think that there's something to be learned from every single race that you watch, um, especially guys, you know, competing at the highest level. Uh, I mean, the professionals for a reason. And uh, these guys are winning races because not because just out of pure luck, but uh, you know, they, they really make the right decisions in race and are able to prepare themselves for that race. Um, so yeah, definitely. I watch uh, I, one of my favorite races to watch is that uh, Matthew Sensowitz, uh Olympic gold medal uh, run. That is uh, just the pinnacle of tactical racing, and I love it. I love watching it. I love watching back and focusing on a different person each race, saying what did they do right, what did they do wrong. Um, you know, where were kind of the hiccups in even like uh, you know Centro's. Um, race plan like where did he kind of um like i think there's a moment where he kind of gets boxed in a little bit and has to push himself out and it's saying like when you're in race um having the ability to do that and being prepared to do that um is definitely something that you can learn from from that race video uh so yeah so i i love that race i love um watching the 2012 olympic uh 10k final uh where Mo Farah and Galen Rupp go one, two. Uh, I just think that's awesome. I'm a huge Galen Rupp fan. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's an Oregon boy. Uh, he went to university of Oregon, he was a duck and, you know, he went on, he's gone on to have a, uh, great professional career and one that was not free of, you know, uh, adversities, uh, you know, being injured a couple times and coming back from, um, you know, huge surgeries and everything. Uh, so I'm a big fan of him. So it's watching that race, uh, from 2012 where they go, uh, one, two in the 10 K was, is just so awesome because their reactions are just so genuine and, and so surprised. So, uh, that, that was, that's pretty awesome. How is it like actually meeting Centrowitz at like maybe Nike elite camp and NXN? 
Yeah, it's awesome. He's a really cool dude. Uh, he uh, he is just like he is, um, you know, on social media and stuff. He's funny. He's uh, really enthusiastic. He's super animated. Um, and, you know, he's uh, really knowledgeable too, you know. Um, he obviously is a great tactician. He's an awesome runner. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's cool just being able to be around guys like that. You know, I, I've met, I've had an uh, opportunity to meet a lot of professional runners and, and, you know, like I said, you know, learning something from each of them and also just getting to know the guys that you watch on TV and, you know, watch online and say, wow, those, they're real people, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's cool to kind of have that connection like that. Yeah. So out of all the races you've run, what do you consider your favorite race? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, but a hard question, but for me personally, I think it, it has a it's a pretty easy uh answer. I um I would definitely say my Portland Track Festival um 1500 meters uh was my favorite race. Um, also I think it was, it's personally my, my best race, you know, um, the, the race that I performed the best in it's, it's where I got my 1500 meter PR, uh, from, of 346. Um, and I was so stoked about that race because I was actually able to win it. Um, not, not get dragged along to some fast time, but get last in a race. Um, but actually be able to win the race and, um, as well as come out with a really fast time. I, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. It, that was, it was a super cool, uh, weekend as well. Just being able to go up to Portland, um, and Portland track festival, uh, you know, it, uh, if you don't know is probably, uh, it's the, one of the coolest, uh, venues in Oregon, uh, for sure. It, it's, uh, it's at this small college, um, uh, called Lewis and Clark college. And it just kind of nestled away in the woods. Uh, this, this track is, and it has a nice stadium and everything. And so you just kind of feel like you're enclosed and it just feels really fast. Uh, everyone is, you know, out there just trying to get fast times. Um, I mean, I was in the last heat of the, uh, 1500 meters, the slowest heat. And then, and, you know, me and a couple other guys ran 346. So it, it's a, it's a really fast meet. Um, and everyone's out there just, you know, getting rabbited along. Uh, my heat wasn't rabbited, but some of the faster ones, uh, getting rabbited and just, you know, people just going after it. So, uh, it, it's, uh, it's pretty fun atmosphere. A lot of professionals around, uh, it's a cool mix of high schoolers all the way up to fr- professionals, a uh, huge crowd and, uh, just everyone just hammering it and having a good time. Awesome. Yeah. Those races seem really cool, like the ones where you're not only racing against high schoolers, but you're racing against uh, professionals or collegiate yeah. athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it's um, it was one of the first opportunities I had to race against um, uh, you know, collegiate athletes and um, and some semi pros and everything. It was uh, <clears throat> it was definitely a cool experience and uh, one, you know, that I hope, I hope to have, uh, more often, you know, as I, I get in college and get to a higher level, be able to compete uh, against, you know, professionals and, and everything is, uh, but as a high schooler, it's a really cool opportunity. Um, and I know that, uh, everyone who gets to kind of 
the level that I'm at and the level of my peers, um, I know, you know, a lot of my friends who went to Nike League camp or just are really fast guys. Some of their most favorite, uh, you know, some of their favorite races are from, uh, are those that, that they, that they competed against, um, uh, collegiate athletes and professionals. Yeah. So you've posted, um, quite a few Instagram stories I've seen of, <laughs> your food so yeah yeah how's that like what do you eat in an average day and how much do you value diet oh man um i uh value diet 100 million percent uh i think that it's really really important um actually right uh so i'm i'm vegetarian as of right now uh i i was vegan for a while at the end of cross country uh decided to kind of tone it back a little bit once uh i was done with nxn uh to just being vegetarian um but uh i love it i i think it's really fun i think people should try it out um even if they don't think it's for them just trying it out given a few months um it's a it's cool. It's, it's cool. Just being, it's a little bit of a challenge, you know, uh, it's not as easy as just going out and, you know, grabbing yourself a burger whenever you're hungry or whatever, um, you know, at, at, uh, McDonald's, but, um, it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's challenging. It's, it's, uh, it makes you think, you know, a little bit about what you're eating. Um, and I would definitely recommend it. Um, but for me personally, um, I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. Uh, you know, if anyone does look at my, um, Instagram, uh, there, anytime I post a picture of a plate, tons of fruits and vegetables on it. I love, you know, strawberries and raspberries and blueberries, um, and blackberries berries are really, are really awesome. Uh, I love bananas. Bananas are great. Um, you know, it just honestly, uh, healthy food, um, comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes, uh, but always, you know, going back to good old, uh, berries and carrots and, uh, you know, uh, spinach and broccoli and all the kind of things, um, and peppers, you know, um, it's definitely a staple in my diet, um, as well as be able to get protein. Uh, I love yogurt. Um, yogurt is really awesome. Greek yogurt is great, high in protein. Um, you know, it's really good for you. Uh, lots of good nutrients and stuff. Um, and, uh, and beans, um, eggs. I love eggs. Uh, had a bunch of eggs this today. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, just a balanced diet, I think, um, is, is something that I like to stress, you know, personally, um, in, in my lifestyle is, yeah, balanced diet, uh, lots of fruits and veggies and, you know, just trying to get, uh, everything I need, all, all the, uh, micronutrients and macronutrients that I need, uh, on a daily basis. Yeah. That, that's a common trend I've seen with the people I've talked to before I mm-hmm. talked to you, I talked to, uh, Devin Hart and Easton. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Easton uh, specifically, he was saying that he, he also, he's vegan. Uh, so mm-hmm. he was saying that, uh, yeah, he really just values having a balanced diet with the fruits and vegetables, as he said. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, you know, it's uh, it really is all about that balance. Um, you can't, uh, you know, have a diet that is all blueberries, unfortunately. Yeah, I would like that very much. Blueberries, bananas are awesome. I, w- I would love if all I could eat was blueberries, bananas, but, um, you know, having a whole meal with every color of the rainbow 
and you know basically a lot of things I do so I post a lot of pictures of my of my lunch which is usually what you see um and I basically just go into the fridge take out everything I can imagine that uh you know could be like a lunch item kind of thing and try to get a mix of protein and carbs and and fats and everything uh and then put it on a plate and usually it turns out great and it's really yummy and um you know I think something a lot of people get kind of get tied into is that oh things need to go well together and they should taste good and everything and I don't really think that you know if you want you know pickles and celery with peanut butter that's great you know I don't I don't really care uh if everything you know kind of uh fits well together it just everything kind of tastes good on its own and and you know it's uh you find kind of new combination of flavors sometimes they're like hey I didn't think that was going to go well together but it did so uh, you know I like experimenting I like uh, just having fun with cooking and and making foods so uh, yeah it's a it's a little bit of a hobby of mine just kind of having fun in the kitchen and and putting things together yeah so speaking of cooking do you think you're ever gonna make a an EJ Holland cookbook Ooh, you know who knows uh maybe uh that that'd be a pretty fun good idea uh i uh i need to build my repertoire of of meals a little bit maybe the cooked meals but um uh, you know my dad is really big into cooking uh he's kind of got me into cooking uh he he's kind of the family cook he he um he he has been uh supplying me and my mom with with uh healthy meals uh my whole life and um so i've kind of got into the you know the the cooking realm um since i was in like sophomore junior year i was like hey this could be pretty cool maybe i could cook for myself and um you know i've i found it to be really fun um i have made a whole bunch of different recipes i've been using the shalane Flanagan cookbook the run fast eat slow mm-hmm. um I love that. I've I've got a Runner's World um vegetarian cookbook that is super awesome. Um as well as a book uh I can't remember exactly the title. It's I think it's called uh The Vegan Um Cookbook for uh col- for or the the Vegan College Cookbook. That's what, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. But that's awesome too. Um it's also has like um both the Runner's World one and the uh the college the vegan college cookbook have um how much each meal costs you know each per each serving and so it's like if you're on a budget you can um you know choose to have ones that are really cheap and it tells you cheaper substitutes for it and um you know even like the vegan in the vegan cookbook it's really easy to make it non-vegan and not even you know non-vegetarian as well and just have a completely normal meal but it's a great base and there's some awesome recipes in it that uh you know i've tried and and have a lot of fun cooking yeah that that's really cool so um again to change the topic uh like you've mentioned earlier in this podcast you're running at the university of oregon next year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what made you choose oregon yeah um you know, I've I've been I've been asked this question a lot. Um, you know, in the in the past few months, uh, after since since I've uh, signed with them, and um, you know, it, it really the the University of Oregon, at least I feel, is just the ideal place um 
for for me personally. Um, I when I went on my official visit, um, I immediately fell in love with with the with the school. Um, you know the the team there were just it, were so welcoming. The coach uh, Coach Thomas is just off the charts awesome. Um, he's a great coach and and a great guy. Um, and when I when I went there, I just really felt like. Um, I, I didn't really even feel like I was on a visit. I felt like I was just already part of the team. You know, I felt like, um, man, I, I just, I felt so welcome and, and, uh, you know, and then at the same time, you know, as I thought about it more, I decided, Hey, Oregon is where I'm going to be the most successful, uh, athlete and the most successful, uh, student and the most successful person, uh, that I could be, um, is, is at the university of Oregon. So, um, you know, I, uh, I just really felt a draw when I first went. And also, um, I, I, Oregon was my first official visit and I didn't take any after that. I, I basically called up and committed to university of Oregon just a week or so after my visit. Um, I, I pretty quickly decided, Hey, this is where I want to be. Uh, I, I don't, really think that, uh, anywhere else is going to change my mind from, uh, from becoming a duck. So, uh, I, I'm still super excited. I, I, um, every, every time I get to talk about, you know, kind of how I chose university of Oregon and everything, I, I just get so excited that, uh, next year I'll be able to go there and, and have a great time. So. Yeah, that's definitely seems super exciting. So how excited are you to, uh, be, get on the starting line next year mm-hmm. and be wearing that University of Oregon singlet and know that um the greats have come before like knowing that the so many great uh world class runners have worn that same mm-hmm. jersey uh such as Prefontaine, Edward Cheserick. How excited mm-hmm. are you to share that same jersey and that school with them? Yeah, I'm I'm stoked uh to say the least. Um, you know, it is something that kind of uh went through the back of my mind um after after I chose university. I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to the same school as Steve P. Fontaine, as Matthew Center, it's Galen Rupp, and, you know, the the list of Olympians just go on and on and on." And um it is super cool to be able to kind of follow in their footsteps and and be able to go to the University of Oregon. Um and you know it, it definitely presents a little bit of a responsibility at least uh you know i feel like um that i have to kind of fill those those big shoes um but uh i'm i'm super excited and i think it's going to be a really really cool opportunity for the next few years to be able to um like you said you know come uh go to the school that that before me the the greats attended and and you know kind of cemented their legacy uh at at college at the University of Oregon. Yeah. Definitely big things ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um okay, yeah. So a lot of people right now given uh people seasons are canceled or, or postponed or people just don't know what's going on. They're uh, running time trials to see where their fitness is at, and they're treating <clears throat> the season like a track season. How are you going about uh, this canceled season or postponed season, whatever the situation in Oregon is? How are you going about it, and how are you training towards whatever? Yeah, I'm. Um, you know, I'm. I'm 
right now I'm starting to kind of shift my training, um, progress it down towards um, some time trials uh, in the near future. Um, I uh, I was staying at base for a while, you know, kind of halted my progression to- down towards racing uh, when I heard everything was canceled and uh, kind of backtracked a little bit and said, okay, let's just kind of keep it easy and everything. But um, now, you know, I, I, I want to go, um, you know, get some fast times, uh, run hard, um, and, uh, and have some fun on the track, uh, is definitely something I want to do. And, and, um, so yeah, I, right now my training is kind of looks pretty normal to what, um, I would have in a normal season around this time. Uh, some track workouts, um, you know, it's, it's tempos, hard long runs, you know, easy long runs, kind of just a mix of things as, as I slowly start progressing down, uh, to get more race ready. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So you were saying earlier in this podcast that you like racing by, uh, following the tactics, um, mm-hmm. seeing what other people are doing, and just being in the moment. But mm-hmm. with time trials, you're racing the clock. You might be the only one on the track uh, running that distance. So mentally, how do you think that you're going to uh, be able to do that? How do you think you're going to stay engaged in the race, in the time trial, and how do you go about that? Yeah, you know, it definitely presents a challenge that um, I think myself as well as a lot of uh, other track athletes aren't used to, right? Um, you don't usually put out an all-out effort with no one around. Um, so, you know, hopefully I'll be able to have, um, you know, a pacer or someone to be able to kind of play off of. But, uh, you know, once once the pacer leaves or if you don't have one, you're, you're all on your own. And it, like you said, it's you against the clock and more more so than, than against the clock, it's you against yourself. Uh, how far can you push yourself? How, uh, can you stay focused enough to really, you know, drive all the way to the finish? And, um, you know, it's something that I've been thinking about and, you know, I think, uh, I'll be ready, you know, and, and it's, um, but it certainly is a big challenge. You know, you, it's, it's this shift in mindset that you have to have, um, to be able to do that. And, uh, it's, it's something different, uh, than a race, but at the same time, it's a little bit like a race in the sense that, um, you know, in a, in a hard race, uh, you're still kind of grinding it out. Um, and you know, you maybe just have that focus shift from maybe, uh, tactically to more of that. Okay. What if, uh, you know, kind of don't give up now, because if I do, uh, you know, keep grinding and finish it out, I, it's going to be, you know, way better than giving up. You know, the, the pain of regret is far worse than, uh, any pain you could ever experience in a race. So, uh, you know, it's that kind of mindset. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be using, uh, what you were saying, uh, as like motivation and advice for a time trial that I'm planning on doing in late May, early June, whenever, but yeah, that that's great advice. What time trial are you going to be doing? Uh, I'm planning on doing a 3200 time trial. Nice, nice, dude. Good luck. Thank you. What about you? Yeah, I'm doing a uh, 3K time trial in a couple weeks, um, and then you know, kind of see from there. I I think um, I, hopefully maybe a mile time trial, and there's there's still a couple invitationals that haven't quite been canceled, so maybe hopping into one of those later on. Um, so yeah, I just kind of see where it goes, you know. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. 
Yeah, uh, thank you, I, thank you. No problem. So I just thought of a random question. This is sort of a weird question to end off the mm-hmm. podcast on because it's just so random. But do you watch any running YouTubers? Yeah, I uh, I watch the athlete special. Um, uh, and really the and and Nick Simmons, I guess he kind of counts as a running YouTuber. Um, you know, even though half the things he does aren't aren't really running. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I, I watch I watch both of them. Um, not too many other people, but uh, yeah, athlete special. Uh, I kind of get a kick out of out of some of his stuff. Um, and it's really cool, actually. I really like what he's doing. Um, you know, uh, Spencer Brown. You know, having uh, kind of opening up that um, that uh, that gate or fence. You know, um, from the life of a college athlete uh, to everyone else. Um, I think there's there's not enough um, you know, YouTube channels, uh, kind of transparency on what really goes on in, in a college athlete's, uh, life. I think, so I think it's a really cool, um, kind of, uh, you know, a way to, to keep people informed and, and also do it in a really entertaining way to show people, um, and high schoolers who may be aspiring to become a, a, a uh, collegiate athlete um who don't really know what it's going to be like you know um i think there's a lot of like you know uh underclassmen and and middle schoolers who are like hey i want to run in college but i have no idea what it's going to be like and i think with the athlete special it, it shows a little bit um you know what what that going to look like and and uh you know a it looks you know it and and make it look really fun but also you know it uh hard the hard work that goes into it and just the the different uh things that happen you know in your everyday uh you know collegiate athlete lifestyle yeah i really like watching spencer's videos because mm-hmm. it's just it's really interesting to see how running is like at the d1 level yeah it's just cool to see what he does in his daily life uh yeah as a as a collegiate athlete speaking of nick simmons like you said before i know Mm -hmm. i said that was the last question but yeah how far away from him do you live do you ever think you could be in a video uh who knows man there's been a few videos um there was uh actually gonna be in a video in ashland when my teammates was telling uh me that he was gonna come down and do a video in ashland but then uh the whole uh quarantine and everything started happening so he wasn't able to come down but uh i only so he lives um in springfield which is right adjacent to eugene um so it's only about a three hour ish drive um up i5 to uh to get to uh kind of where he does his videos and and lane community college which is where he does uh, like a big majority of like his track workout and videos and everything is where uh, the state cross country championship is held. And that big uh, blue uh, track that is there uh, is actually where you finish the, uh, the state um, cross country course. You finish 300 meters on that track. Um, so that's kind of cool. Every single time I see, I see that track, I'm like, Hey, I've run on there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So that was my last question, but anyway, good luck for your time trials for your uh for the rest of your seasons uh at the University of Oregon and uh when you compete at a higher level possibly um thank you so much for taking the time uh to join this podcast i really appreciate it and i think the 
stuff you had to share on this podcast today will really benefit a lot of people and it's just super interesting the stuff that you had to share yeah no man uh thank you and and i've had a lot of fun um it's been really great talking with you and and uh yeah uh, the podcast is great and keep up the good work man thank you thanks so much for listening everyone to episode three of the allegro podcast be sure to check out ej on instagram at ej.holland no spaces everything lowercase and check out the allegro podcast instagram uh, allegro podcast no spaces all lowercase to drop a comment on the allegro podcast instagram share what you liked what you disliked and i'll be sure to take that into consideration for the next episode thank you